0: I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. We talk a great deal about quote-unquote modern, modern materials, modern architecture, and the like. I had an opportunity to sit with architect Gregory Phillips for a chat about modern with a twist. Many twists, actually. Phillips Phillips is an award-winning UK architect who came to the States to build his particular brand of modern home. This is a bit of a cultural blending and bending chat because designing for a British client can't be the same as designing for a Californian, can it? I'm guessing not, but Gregory's going to take that question on. At the same time, this is an architect using modern materials and old world craftsmanship to reimagine what a contemporary structure can be. This is Gregory Phillips. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned company serving the SoCal design and architecture community for over 70 years. That's 70 years helping designers and architects help their clients be the best they can be in the kitchen with products like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. If you haven't seen the Pro Series yet, you are in for a treat. This is timeless design and lasting preservation from Sub-Zero, available in sizes from 36 inches to 48 inches, and too many options to mention here, so you have to go see them for yourself. Let's not forget that from well-preserved food comes well-prepared food. That's why Wolf provides craftsmanship, innovation, design, and performance that you can trust, allowing cooks of all levels to achieve success in the kitchen. And isn't that really what your clients want? And again, 70 years helping designers and architects help their clients be the best they can be. That's also 70 grilling seasons. The full line of Sub-Zero and Wolf outdoor appliances will provide you with the tools to design an outdoor kitchen that will make people wonder if you simply forgot to build in the walls. Amazing. And your clients are going to love all the options, and you are going to love the flexibility. Sub-Zero and Wolf provide so many options from which to choose that... As a designer, your options are almost limitless. So if you haven't seen what Sub-Zero and Wolf Appliances can do, it's time for you to visit any of the three Snyder Diamond Los Angeles area locations. You can also visit the Sub-Zero Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica showrooms. I am constantly impressed, and I think you will be too. How long have you been in the States now?
1: Okay, so I've started a mission um, to design houses in, in the States, Um, So my first trip um, was December last year. I went to Miami and then I've made three trips so far this year to Los Angeles and I feel very comfortable here and I feel like uh, this is a good environment for my projects.
0: Why is that? Is it because of your style? L.A. seems to be, the states in general mostly, but L.A. in particular has always been open open to new ideas, of which modern just sort of falls into that because you can experiment endlessly. Mm. Um, is, is that why LA or is that why the States? So okay, interesting.
1: So I design uh, luxurious, contemporary houses in, in the United Kingdom and I've won several awards including RIBA, Royal Institute of British Architects Awards and Best House in Europe, Best House in the United Kingdom. And what people like is that they're modern houses with uh, comfort and luxury and texture, and uh, they work really well as places to live. So uh, there, there are very interesting things happening generally um, in Los Angeles and the states, and there are very good people here. Uh, I just think I bring something a little bit different, um, particularly with detail and texture. In in what sense? So we've, um, I make comfortable houses that are very modern, so that's a slightly unusual mix sometimes in that people do modern houses that are often very stark and straightforward and they're they're a bit, they're a bit, they're a bit of a statement really that that's what they're trying to achieve. And I think there's another level you can take it to, to make it more comfortable to live with and more in tune with the environment, you know, locally. um, so they—they they, not—not they—not that they're contextual, they contextual. look—they look like the house next door, but they're contextual in the uh, in the with the weather and outdoor, indoor living, and lifestyle. So I make
0: houses for lifestyle. It's interesting you say that. You know, um, a while back I had the uh, the privilege and opportunity to go tour the Neutra VDL house, close close by where we are today in Silver Lake. What I, what I found so interesting about a home that was built so long ago is by a master is that it was built for him and his family. It was designed to take the outside in and bring the inside out and to be comfortable and to, to work for the family. Yet to your point, it's true that sort of the, the modern philosophy is not that way at all it's it's minimalist like you said it's it's very stark in most cases i'm curious why why that is and sort of how you're taking that history and sort of rewriting it in in a luxurious fashion
1: okay i think so i deeply root myself with the early modernists like le Cabusier, miss van der rohe and you, you have a great tradition in in la and um, palm springs and you know many places of of fantastic um, early and mid century houses, um, I think uh, what you had in those times was a lot of substance. You know people were trying to make a new mission of inside outside space and enjoying the landscape and you could do it pretty in a pretty basic way, and the climate allows you to build really simply so in, in, in europe it 's generally been the, the completely different story of you needing comfort because it 's cold and you know the weather's not so great. So modernist buildings didn't do so well in the beginning. Um, now we have technology where we have fantastic double, triple glazed systems, we can have massive pieces of glass, uh, people have now got used to living with really luxurious m- materials, you know why wouldn't you have the best sheets, why wouldn't you have uh, stone on the floor, wood, underfloor heating You know, in the winter, um, air- aircon um, built-in so you can't see it, but you can just enjoy it. All the technology, all the toys. Why wouldn't you enjoy everything that you can? But with style. So that's, the, that's what I'm, That's what my houses are known for.
0: It's funny you mention that too. It's hard to build a modern structure with walls of glass when you're just trying to stay warm. Y- you know, when you're trying to keep a structure warm, it's very difficult to do that. And yeah, Southern California certainly is... Um, is the perfect environment for experimentation and that sort of thing. I, I think it's interesting too that to take the concept of luxury and applying the concept of luxury to a, a modern aesthetic. Have, when when you when you say that, do you get any pushback? Do you get any pushback from that from that philosophy?
1: So in in uh, in London, we've had minimalist a sort of minimalist style for a while now. And there's been a pushback against that because people wanted the comfort and the luxury and they didn't just want white floors, white walls, white sofas. Um, There was a period and that has sort of come and gone in the main. Um, Some people still enjoy that more monastic way of living, but most families want to be able to um, do whatever families do and entertain and leave a few things around and get warmth from that, not feel annoyed that it's... It, you can't live like that, you know.
0: When did you When did you know that you wanted to be an architect?
1: Oh, I started drawing buildings when I was like a kid. I mean, I didn't know that that led to be led to being an architect, but it, I just do remember. I remember drawing houses when I was like nine and thinking this is interesting. Um, then I went off on a tangent. I, w- I was really good at um, mathematics and sciences, um, so I could have gone into any of those careers that that leads to, um, from being a scientist to a, you know, financier, but um, somehow uh, I had a conversation, I started architecture school, and I got
0: it, I loved it. It's interesting to me, in all of the architects that I've spoken to, they fall into, really, there's, there's three general categories where architects seem to, seem to fall one is highly mathematic in their in their thinking and that's sort of the 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 primary approach to their to their craft others are they're good mathematically but they're extremely creative and so that's sort of how how their designs are created and then there's a few that fall into the center where they're really evenly balanced between the the form and the function, the math and the science, the and the art rather. And which category do you think you fall, and at what at what at what level? It's an interesting question. So um, we we recently have
1: a we have a project that's up for House of the Year in the United Kingdom, and one of the judges said that it was a, a great example of um, doing things really well rather than doing things really differently. Uh, which I just took that as a compliment because that's how it was intended that we, w- What we try and do is mix all of the knowledge and all of the experience and all the background of you know Are we scientific or are we creative and 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 rather than be weird we, we just try and do things extremely well um, And I think that is all of those things uh, So I, I do think in the end it is highly creative Do um, so you need to know you need to understand? Uh, the the rules of the game to be able to do that though
0: yeah no absolutely and it, it seems like the difference between being a craftsman and an artist in so far as you know as a as a craftsman you can be certain you certainly can be artistic but it's the it's the theory that you're going to stay so you're going to stay true to the methods and produce the methods at uh, produce the product using those methods at a At an extremely high creative level as opposed to the weird you know where you're just gonna listen I think back to um, I think back to Wallace Neff I talk about this all the time so if you if you go over to Pasadena here you can see Wallace Neff's last bubble house the concept of the bubble house was was so interesting it's you know after World War II all the GIs are coming back to Southern California and there's a housing crisis Sounds familiar, right? Well, so he so the idea is he's going to create structures, basically turning a swimming pool upside down, and create the metal structure and gunite it and build a house inside of it. The goal was, you know, obviously he's a master, was a master, mm. but it got weird. Yeah, it got a little weird, and it, you know, he he imagined he was going to be building three hundred, four hundred thousand of these. They built twenty five thousand of them, and he died in he died in the last one. I'm glad it's still there, but. Yeah. It looks like an upside-down swimming pool. It's a little weird, yeah. Especially for someone like him who, who crafted and created some amazing things. It really is an art form. I, I'm curious too, with technology available at your disposal. You know, you you mentioned the glass, all of the products available to you. How does that How does that change the way your approach to the design?
1: Okay, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna answer this in a in a kind of vague. Grand way so I, one of the things I learned at architecture school one of my tutors used to say to me you know build, architecture buildings exist to be looked at moved through and ordered in the mind so that, you know they, they are and, and the ordered in the mind part is is quite, is quite general because you know in the 21st century that ranges from a commodity to a statement about who you are and a lifestyle and Whether or not it fits that, but I, I do think it's, it's at a certain level, it's a very grand endeavor because it could last longer than I last, it could last a long time. You could create something unique if it all goes well, you know. So you, you can always live for all of that. So there's always really big goals, and there's really straightforward aims of, you know, how do I make the client happy? If it's a developer, how do I, how do I do all of the things I just said and make him some money? You know, you want to look after all all of the drivers for a project. So the technology is, is um, to answer your question, the technology is part of the story but it's not the whole story for me. So m- most of the projects we do have a lot of technology now. Um, so you know if, a, if it's a substantial house it will have building management systems, obviously it's got air conditioning, it's got all the toys for sound and audio-visual, um, we, we've had projects. We're doing a project with a, re- a sofa that kind of lifts up during the process. So if you, as you, you know, so didn't describe that well. So, a sofa that goes up and down. So, basically, you can sit and chat, where you can get a better view of, <laughs> of the landscape in the raised position. Um, we've we've had um, uh, TVs that sort of appear out of the wall and then go back, and they, you can't find them because they're in the paneling. So. Um, that's part of the story that it's, it's, it's technologies, you can enjoy all of it and it doesn't need to dominate.
0: It's funny because if you've never done this and I encourage everyone who's listening to go do this, I did this a while back and I'm going to be playing some of the audio in a future episode. I went back and I, on YouTube and Google, you can find just about everything. And I found these old videos, these old movies, movies. From the 50s and 60s, talking about the the modern home. In the 50s, they were imagining all of the things that we can do today. And it's funny how they imagined it. They imagined it the way that we do it today, where there are panels. The TVs would flip. Yeah. There were lights that came on automatically when when, when, when it was dusk they would go off at a certain pre-programmed time. Everything was on dials. You know, it was amazing that they couldn't necessarily imagine that you would be using a touchpad or a screen instead of dials and switches. But the concepts were there. So now you come to a place where you're solving for problems that have baffled designers and architects for years. I don't want to look at the TV screen. How do I get rid of the TV? So now you're doing that what are what are you limited by now because modern the modern aesthetic and it doesn't just go towards necessarily the aesthetic itself of being modern whether regardless of the style that you're doing you're still trying to incorporate modern technology current technology possibly some future technology so that you can work it into the future of the home do you think about what it's going to be like if you're talking about the lifespan of a product or a of a home rather and you're looking at fifty years down the line. What am I missing?
1: Okay, I, I actually had this conversation with some tech guys last week. Uh, they're trying to invent all sorts of weird and wonderful. Um I, I look at this in two ways. I think on the one in one situation, you know, um, so architecture is very basic. You know, it's a kind of a cave or a tent. It's a way of a, like a living outside in a minimal environment or giving yourself comfort because you need to shelter yourself. It's, it's pretty basic, and I think we all need those basic aims to be satisfied. You need a comfortable, I think a house is a sanctuary. I think it should be somewhere you can do your life and come back and relax, bring up a family if that's your thing, you know. You also, the house is, 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 um, is an involving um, habitat now because people work a lot more uh, at home and can do that. Uh, it makes more sense that you spend more time at home because you you make that environment exactly how you want. Um, and so I, I think transportation and how much people go into centralized offices or retail is, is going to be something that is interesting over the next um, decades. Um, what, what is missing in technology? Um, I think a lot of people have technology in their houses now and don't like it because it's hard to work out how to do it? If it goes wrong, it's you have to bring in an expert, and um, it's not foolproof. And you, you might, you know, the devices that you use to do things—they used to be really expensive. They've come down in price, but there's still which is the right platform. There's a lot of questions. I think in the future, if you need your house to do anything, you'll just talk to it. You won't pick up a phone or a device. Um, I I still think there'll be a level of permanence, but there could be weird and wonderful. There could be. Ceilings that look like they're twice as high as they are, um, so you everyone has a high space room. <laughs> they, you know, there, there's a few, there's a lot of options out there. Um, but I, 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 do think that uh, a sense of place and comfort and somewhere that supports you is 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 always going to be there.
0: I, I, I totally agree. I think it's interesting too, as I'm listening to you talk. Um, going back to. Neutra and the VDL house, which was really interesting. He had um, Built into the kitchen. There's an elevator. Okay, it's great. There's a small elevator. I love it But also built into the home specifically from the kitchen were those panels with the flip switches that Could operate the lights and the sound throughout the house the problem is you know in a day of knob and tube wiring Right. They, they didn't account for the fact that you might want to at some point go in, things are going to die, things are going to fail. You might want to go in and be able to pull out the wiring and reinstall. They didn't account for that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. There, was, there was a dishwasher. Amazing that they thought to put in a dishwasher, but they also sort of overthought it a little bit where they installed uh, into, the, into the countertop something for a, uh, my mom used to call it the or the blender right? So they, they installed the blender. Well, not thinking that, you know, at some point in the future, blenders might be a movable item, right? So you work it in and now it's fixed. And now you've taken something that you've permanently installed and it can't be adjusted. And, And as you're talking, I'm trying to think, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. You're right. The, where you can actually move walls and adjust ceiling heights. That's an interesting thought.
1: Well, it could be digital. It could just look like you're doing it, right? So, Absolutely. Um, so there's, there's various ways it can go. I mean, I think I think one of the lessons of technology is you can build in the the best for right now, and that won't be the appropriate in ten years. So you, you can build in you can build an in imp- infrastructure. We've we've been putting infrastructure into houses for you know twenty plus years, and that's been good because um, wireless is not really is not really um, now it's, 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 it's pretty amazing but you know only now is it getting to the place where you would not put the wires in and we still put the wires in so um, so the houses that we did that they've been able to adapt really well
0: because you just plug different devices at the ends what's the in your estimation in your opinion what's the lifespan of a building so that's an interesting question. It depends how you design it. I'm not de- I, and I'm not testing you either.
1: So when I design a house, I'm, I'm aiming, aiming for a pretty long time. Um, so you, that, most of my houses, I, I think there'll be hundreds of years. There'll be elements that don't last that long. So um, you, you, your wiring won't last that long. Um, the Not such a problem here, but where we have double glazed units, with um, if the gas in between the cavity of the glass is something like argon that won't last that won't I mean, that'll need to get replaced um, but if you build it out of substantial materials if you build concrete frame you can, you can it could last hundreds of years
0: well and it's interesting too because in Europe there are buildings that have been around a very long time sure there's no there's no reason in and of itself you know here in LA you have you have earthquakes so you know that is going to take its toll on the foundation of any structure um depending on what other natural disasters you have in what part of the country or the world that's going to take a, a toll but as, aside from that the way that that building systems are today and i imagine that they're only going to get better at the same time it really does make it more important to look at the future of the structure and try to figure out I, I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about living rooms and the concept of the formal living room and the concept of the formal dining room, even garages, for that matter. And those are three areas that are starting to disappear. You look at mid-century modern, well, carports were a thing. It was Carports were perfect, especially in an environment like Southern California. Um, getting back to the point where you know, a garage, maybe a garage isn't really necessary as a structure anymore. When you start to think, and I'm asking you from a practical sense, when you start to think about those things and you're having conversations with, with real clients, you know, not, not for, for the sake of doing it for academics, but a, yeah. a real family who's going to live in a real home that's being built and, you know, they're, they're paying for this. How do you, how do you generally approach those types of topics.
1: Um, I talk about the lifestyle and how they you know how they live and how how much they entertain and who they want to entertain. Um, so we generally end up with there'll be a kitchen family dining space a huge space or substantial space that has amazing views um, and that'll be the space that is used most of the time. That'll be that would be the space they could live in totally, but it's nice to have some options, but that one room solves it um, and can be a l- really lovely experience. The formal dining, so how people can entertain on different scales in different ways. So it's it's ma- it's making sure you accommodate for that. But but often um, we do houses where the, the formal, there isn't a formal dining room. There might be another dining table somewhere it might be in an entrance hall or it could be any number of spaces the, the one room that's dedicated for very occasional use um, that that is less frequent now but it does depend on the scale of how how much people entertain and how they live um, garages again it's it depends on lifestyle and how many cars you've got so uh, we, we've done projects of people who wanted to have a glass screen between their study and, and their garage and look at their
0: Ferraris and enjoy all that every day. You're listening to my conversation with architect Gregory Phillips. We're talking about modern architecture, materials, and style. This is a good place for me to tell you about a sponsor whose products you are going to love. Um, what I love best about Article is their trade program. I think you're going to find this um, amazing. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you are going to love the style and the quality of article furniture, and so is your client. But here's the best part. Articles created a trade program specifically for busy designers like you. So check this out. Joining the trade program is absolutely free, and there's no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. Your clients are going to love the product, and you're going to love the service. They've created an exclusive designer a trade program that has pricing that cannot be found for less elsewhere. They offer a standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. Shipping is flat rate in most cases, if not free, and it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. They handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer service is staffed by design professionals who know what you're trying to accomplish, and they have the authority to help you get what you need. For all the details and to sign up for Article's trade program, please go to cxd.article.com cxd is in combo by design cxd.article.com thank you article back to my conversation with gregory phillips with regard to the projects that you're working on now traditionally in the uk um what is what is the general size of the footprint do you have a do is there an is there an average that you generally find yourself working on
1: we, so we work on a range of projects in the UK, uh, and we will here too. Um, so most of the new builds have been between, uh, I'd say, 4,000 and um, about 20,000 square foot. Um, but a nice comfortable house is, is about six or 7,000 square foot. Um, again, it depends on the lifestyle. Um, so, we're looking at a project here that's an 8,000 square foot new build. Um, it, it, we do apartments that are smaller, and um, I'm sure there's, I'm looking forward to
0: doing a much bigger one too. Yeah, I'm curious though, as far as the, the, the lot size or the, right. the, the, the footprint of the lot size, I'm curious if you find yourself working on bigger structures on smaller footprints here because we're so close together, or is that something that you're already used to?
1: Yeah, so typically, um, so the where you'd want to build here, you, you, it might be a relatively high value area to justify the construction, and um, generally the strategy around the world is you maximize what you can put on every piece of land. Um, so I would say that's true. Um, so in in um, in the middle of you develop cities, um, like let's go with London for the, for example, um, you, you could build on the entire piece of land that's not going to be determined by, that's not how the planning works, that's not how the zoning works. It's, it's in, in, in a city you know, as old as London, it's more about um, the restrictions for conservation and heritage side of things, uh, and townscape, uh, not, it's not about the formula of um, area to lot size. So when you go outside central London, um, now you're into a different equation. Now you're into an equation of, if I'm going to build myself a really beautiful house, I want to put it on a beautiful piece of land. So um, one of the last projects we did was 12,000 square foot house, but it was on 25 acres. And I just got a message this week about doing a house on a 50 acre plot. Um, We're doing one in the south of England, um... So, it's an addition and a remodeling, and, in, and um, part of it's 500 years old. My bit's obviously brand new, and part of it's, um, it's like 200 years old. And um, it's a curious piece of land because it sort of um, it grew, the piece of land uh, was uh, the, the previous owners bought more and more of the adjacent um, sites and other bits of land. And now, so my, my client, he ended up buying 69 acres.
0: Uh, he's got a forest, eighteen-hole golf. Uh, he's got he's got the whole thing. It's amazing. You know, and the states are very much like that too, where you can go places and find vast nothing but land. Is it's the flyover states? It's everything yeah. between California and New York. You know, it's yeah. Uh, but Southern California is really interesting too. And I'm wondering how you feel about this. You know, you go out to Palm Springs and you've got sand and desert. You come out here to the coast. And you're building over water right in a lot of cases you go to the San Fernando Valley and there are mount- it's mountains it's you're building into sandstone structures yeah um, the Hollywood Hills you know you're you're tight you're narrow but you've got views world-class views I mean everywhere you go there's there's something different I would think that for an architect especially one I mean I love it too that you're coming from somewhere else so you come here and it's it's just the thought must be oh i want to try that I want to yeah. try. what do you want to try
1: oh i like okay so I, all of all of the locations you mentioned sound great to me but i think i think um so what i like about building in the countryside is is just that you you know you can you can you can encompass that into the project so i generally am thinking about the architecture the interior and the landscape i, I don't have to be doing every single part of all of those things i can curate if you like, but you know, we're involved in all of, all all of those aspects. Um, and of course the most interesting when you talk about landscape and situation is, is places that have a couple of things going on. So it's like a transition. So if you're by the ocean on a cliff, obviously that's great. Give me a call. You know, if you're, if you're in a forest, fabulous. So it's all, it's all the places where you've got something that of natural beauty. You are just winning to start with, right?
0: I think I think it's amazing, and it sounds it sounds fun. Curious. Um, right now, we're in fall 2018. Are there any products that you're absolutely crushing on right now? Are there any? I, I, the difference between trends and trending and trendy are very very different. Um, what are you seeing that you like right now?
1: Okay, so we're so we've. We've been using very fine glazing systems for quite a while. And we've set amongst, now we've settled on which ones we we actually prefer using. Um, So they're about, they're a sight line. You know, the verticals are about, um, they're less than an inch, three quarters of an inch. They're double glazed. So that's beautiful. So I like that because um, it's floor to ceiling, uh, we can actually do them two stories high um, so it's 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 a pretty extraordinary connection you get between the inside and the outside. Um, all the boundaries are blurred. So that that has been something I always like to do. Um, and we're doing. I don't know how this is going to go down here, um, but we're doing a lot of houses in brick at the moment. There's these beautiful handmade bricks uh, being produced, and um, they kind of long format, and the colours are. Um, it's like an artist's. Um, palette really. It's like they're not all the same color so you get a fabulous effect. So it's a very traditional basic material stacking one thing on top of another thing. Um, So where we can, that that produces a great result and we use those walls of brick in the landscape and in the interior and in the architecture so you get a great continuity.
0: It's interesting to me the idea that you're excited about brick when brick is such an it's an it's an old format product, right. right? And you're talking about working on new modern structures, and and I think that's why it's so interesting because you're you've got this juxtaposition of something that's been around forever, yeah, and incorporating it into into a new type of 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 idea, yeah. Um, how do you how do you do that? And do you? I guess what I'm asking is how do you get how do you get permission from homeowners? How do you get the buy-in? Because in my, in my experience, when people say they want modern, it's, it's what we first started talking about. It's clean, almost stark. How do you get, how do you get the buy-in? How do you share that vision? Um, Generally,
1: it doesn't take much. People generally see pictures and they, 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 they understand it straight away. So, you know, we're doing a project at the moment where we're using brick and brick's great because it's, It works pretty well when it's wet and it works great when it's dry obviously as well but um, we're doing it so we're angling the brick so in the sunshine you get the most amazing shadows Um, there's a lot there's a lot that's possible it's not a flat surface Um, so clients understand that you know their buildings can change during the day uh, you know with the sunlight and
0: um, that that can look beautiful it, what what else are you are you see I, th- I think that's I think that's amazing I think that's interesting. I wanted to ask you too i'm going to come back to this about the um what else you're crushing on but I wanted to find out with the windows that okay. you're that you're specking right now what is the lifespan on the gas
1: uh, I think it does depend on which gas and who puts it in so okay I I, I I would say ten or fifteen years i mean I might be
0: wrong on that and are you finding products that are I don't think rechargeable is the right the right term for it, but that that can be repurposed or must they be replaced at this point?
1: Um, so on the glazing, you you'd keep you can keep some of it. You just need to replace the double glazed units. Um, on, I mean things like wood paneling, inter- that's going to last you forever. Yeah. Um, um, the external structure that can last you. That can last a long time. Um, we 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 do we do a lot more now with insulation and and um, energy generation in our projects. So, the solar panels, um, photovoltaic cells, ground source heat pumps. That's been a big thing in Europe.
0: And are you, so you're able to take that experience and, and obviously share it yeah. here because you can use all those methods here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the houses of the future won't use energy. They'll, they'll be neutral or
0: generate. Does it surprise you that it's taken so long for those technologies to become mainstream?
1: No, it's, an econo- it's, a, it's economics. So, you know, when fuel is cheap, um, th- those technologies take a lot of money in the research and they take, a, they take a infrastructure costs as well. Um, And I I guess to some extent, you're always concerned that you'll put all your money in and then there'll be a a, a battery, you know, there'll be a Tesla moment and everything you've done is the wrong thing. So, um, you know, being an early uptaker is also has advantages and disadvantages.
0: It's absolutely true. Um, Do you have, do you have a dream project? Is there a project that you would just absolutely love the opportunity to sink your teeth into? So I, I realized,
1: So you know, when I when I went to architecture school, I, I didn't realize what my passions were in terms of building types, and I, I do really have a passion for houses. So um, you know, almost any scale that's reasonable, um, that you know makes sense, um, and connection between the house and the landscape. So I, th- I think the dream project has the dream piece of land, the dream out, the dream view, and uh, the ability to create something on it.
0: That's great. Um, okay, so to find Gregory, go to the show notes of the podcast. Uh, you'll see his website. You'll be able to find him from there. And also, um, we're going to get some images, some pictures of some of Gregory's work, uh, and we're going to put it on the YouTube channel. So Go over to YouTube, look for Convo by Design, and uh, hopefully by the time you get there, this will be up. Gregory, thanks for the time. Pleasure. Thank you. This is a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design. Thank you, Gregory, for making the time to sit down and speak with me. Thank you to my sponsors, Snyder Diamond, Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Thank you, Vondam and Article. And thank you. Without you listening, emailing, coming out to our events, and subscribing to the podcast, what's the point? So thank you. And until next week, Keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendôme pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vondom products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at Vondom.com.